This week on Developer Weekly. Focus is the most important thing I've found that makes my work successful. Which means that uh, whenever I do something, I do only that thing and nothing else until that thing is done. Now, before we start this episode, I want to ask you for a favor. Could you please go to ratethispodcast.com slash developerweekly and rate this podcast and leave a review. This helps me to spread the word about the podcast and helps other people to find it. That is ratethispodcast.com slash developerweekly. Thank you so much. So this week on the Developer Weekly podcast, we have a slightly different uh, format. It's going to be me, M the PM, interviewing Azure Barry on Ask Me Anything. Now, Barry, haven't you received some questions from someone? I did. I did. I received an email from a listener, and I hope I pronounce his name right, which is Soren Azadjan. And he sent in a bunch of very thoughtful questions. And I thought to make this into a, a special extra episode where I try to answer these questions. And then you are going to be the interviewer, right? That's correct. So let's get started because there are a lot of questions to get through. The first one is, how do you learn new technologies? Ooh, that's uh, a big one. New technologies. So I learn new technologies or at least things in technology almost every day. I pride myself on being a, a lifelong learner, which means that I learn something new every day which can be about technology, but is often also about other stuff like finance or health or music, for instance. But technology, when I learn about that, for instance, when I make uh, Azure Tips and Tricks, that is uh, a series of blog posts and videos that I make for Microsoft as a contractor, then I often have to find out things about uh, a certain piece of Azure. Let's say I'm making a blog post about uh, deployment slots in Azure App Services. Now, I know a lot about that already, but let's say I didn't. Then uh, what I would do is I would first see what it does in action, as in I would try to spin one up in Azure, see what it does, see how it works, see if I can figure it out by just clicking on things. And then I would go a layer deeper by looking at the documentation, because there's always stuff that you miss or stuff that I don't understand for instance, and then maybe sometimes I watch a video about it, but often I do not. So would you recommend um, like courses? Because for example, you do create Pluralsight courses on kind of the fundamentals of some new technologies. So if you were new to getting into, for example, Azure, would you prefer to kind of do, as you say, the playing first, or would you Mm. recommend to first do a a training or, a, you know, a course in something like, you know, one of your Pluralsight courses. Yeah. I think uh, that depends, of course. Uh, if you're completely new to a topic, as in a, a bigger topic and not a feature or something, then I would say, yes, first look at a, a course like a big picture course that provides you the overview of the whole thing. Then you know what you can focus on and how the bigger picture sticks together so how things fit together and from there you can dive deeper into the individual components so you've given an overview for how you learn but what makes your learning process so effective what makes it better than you know a different way 
I don't know. I don't know if it is. Actually, better than a different way. This is just a way that works for me. You know, everybody learns in a different way. Some people uh, learn best uh, by watching things. Some people learn best by uh, listening to things, which I also do a lot, listening to podcasts and audiobooks. Other people need to do stuff. Often it is a combination of those things that makes things actually stick in, uh, in my mind. And I know that other people think the same. Have you got any tips or tricks for, for kind of being effective with your learning? So, you know, time management tactics for, for doing learning effectively, because I'm, you know, a lot of developers are not going to have, a, a, you know, a limitless amount of time. Mm. So how can you kind of learn effectively? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I am extremely fortunate because I basically do this full time, which means uh, I create Pluralsight courses, other uh, educational content and sometimes work for customers as well. But whenever I do something like create a Pluralsight course and or I need to learn something for that, I try to do that full time. Or at least I try to put my full focus on that. So let's say that you're uh, working in a development team and you need to integrate uh, Azure Active Directory into an application and you have no idea how to do that. So you need to learn about Azure Active Directory and maybe about some SDKs that you can use to actually do that within your application, if that's at all possible. What I would then do is to block some time to learn that. So let's say in your workday, I would just take a couple hours, put, uh, uh, put a time frame on that, actually block that time, maybe half a day even, if, uh, if, if you need that because you need that knowledge to actually do your work and then just go for it. Just completely do that. Don't do anything else. Don't look at your email. Don't be distracted. Don't work on any other tasks, but focus on that one thing. Focus is the most important thing I've found that makes my work successful, which means that uh, whenever I do something, I do only that thing and nothing else until that thing is done. And then I move on with my life. Talking about kind of what you were saying about learning a specific topic, do you read the documentation from, you know, from start to finish? So if you've got like a Blazor or mm -hmm. Azure, do you kind of start at page one and go all the way through or do you kind of, uh, you know, stop at certain areas or do you skip sections? I, I tend to skip stuff. Actually, I usually just try, try bits out without the documentation, like I said. Let's say when I have a new gadget, for instance, I just love to play with it, you know? I can figure it out, <laughs> but usually I can't, not completely at least. And so I do need to read the manual or whatever. A, a good example is what I'm learning about now. I am very fortunate that I've created time for myself that I can learn about making music. I've done this when I was a kid with my best friend. We were always making music on a little application that was called Fast Tracker back then. You know, we, we made electronic music, which is a lot of fun. And now I have more time and now I'm trying to start it back up again, just as a hobby thing in between uh, projects. So I'm completely learning now about making music in this new digital age, which means that I need to learn about uh, DAWs, which is a digital audio workspace, plugins for that stuff, uh, MIDI devices, what uh, music is, all that stuff. And... I've been doing it like the last two weeks and I found that uh, first I started with a big picture course, like I said, 
And there I got all these terms, like a DAW. I didn't even know what that was. Uh, MIDI, uh, all those things. And then from there, I drilled down into those things. Like I drilled down into a DAW, a digital audio workspace. I picked one. I have one now on my computer. It's open actually right now. It's super cool. <laughs> and I'm learning everything about it now. But then uh, now that I know about that, I go back to that big picture course. And now I understand what they are talking about. So that gives me a deeper understanding of what they are talking about. And I get more out of that course. Even. So, but how would you go from that feeling? So, you, you know, you're just starting to learn. At what point do you know that you've gone from, I am the pupil and I've now become the teacher or I am ready to teach. Mm. When do you kind of get that feeling? Is there a certain point or is this, you know, you just kind of jump in the deep end and hope that you swim? As in, if I'm learning something to teach it. Well, yeah, just like if you're learning something, how do you know that you get that feeling? Okay, I now know that this works. I now know how it works. Am I, you know, I'm ready. Am I ready to teach it? Am I ready to teach others about it? That's, uh, that's a good question. I try to learn things as if I would teach them the next day, as if I would tell you at the dinner table all about it. I try. You do. I do. <laughs> I bore you with all my exploits. My eyes I? glaze over. Yes, they sometimes do. Uh, which means that I'm not telling it right. <laughs> right? Because otherwise you would be excited about the topic. Or maybe you just don't care about these topics. I am extremely excited about this topic, of course. Well, okay. Um, how do you get a feeling that, you know, you've moved from being the pupil to being the teacher? So how do you, is there something or is there like a light bulb moment that goes off where you kind of think, you know, I now know this so well that I'm able to teach it to others? Or, you know, how do you know that you've actually understood a topic well enough? I think that's, uh, that's a couple of things. So uh, first of all, how do you know that you actually understand the topic well enough? Uh, that's very difficult to answer and that obviously depends. So when I start as a newbie in a topic, let's say in music again, where I just had that example, uh, I don't know if I know anything, but <laughs> it is hard to know what you don't know. So, uh, I try to go back to that big picture overview where constantly I am reminded of all the things that I don't know. So when I notice that I still don't know so many things and that I do not know exactly what the connection between these things is and how they work, then I know for certain that I don't know enough. But uh, when you drill down on one of those topics, let's say in Azure, it's kind of the same landscape you have uh, 100 plus services you can drill down into one of those services and learn everything about that one service then at some point uh, you know enough when you can use it well because then you actually have the skill to do it so what i then try to do is actually use it hopefully within a production environment and when i'm able to do that then i know that i have mastery over the thing or that I can achieve mastery over the, the topic and that I can possibly teach it. Now, that doesn't mean that I need to achieve mastery over every topic that I want to teach, because that would mean that I would have to spend uh, a bazillion hours a week <laughs> learning stuff and actually trying out stuff. That's just not, not feasible. But um, when I do understand the overview of the topic, 
and I know how it works and why it does what it does. And I know how to teach other people how to work with it. Then I feel that I am able to teach it. And then once I teach it, I actually understand a lot better. Okay. So a couple of minutes ago, you were talking about um, how you learn new things. So you block time in your calendar, you do things like that. But, you know, do you have any other tips? You know, do you learn outside of your working week? So is there a topic that maybe you're not, you know, if you've, if you're, you know, if there, if there is a developer listening to this and, you know, they want to look into a topic that's maybe not, um, you know, in their project or in their area, how would you recommend that they, you know, schedule their learning then? Would it be in the evenings and weekends or, you know, how, how would you do this? Yeah, I learn constantly. I learn when I'm on my bike. I learn when I walk the dogs. I learn when I'm in the car. I learn constantly. I even walk around the house with uh, AirPods in, these little things that I can listen to podcasts and audiobooks. I thought you just did that to, so that the, you didn't hear the baby crying. I do. <laughs> but then during that time, I can also learn new stuff. Multitasking. Multitasking. Well, you know... I think it's all about adopting the mindset of being a lifelong learner, you know? Try to learn something new every day. And it doesn't matter about what. It can be about tech, but it can also be about other stuff, you know? And uh, learn broadly as well. Read, try to read, try to learn how to read well as well. I uh, recently, for instance, I've also um, read the book Limitless by Jim Quick. He is a, a brain coach who teaches people, all sorts of celebrities and all sorts of normal people as well, how to learn. Because this is a skill that we don't know, right? Nobody teaches it in school, how to learn well. We just learn how to try and memorize uh, lists of things like uh, words in a language. And how do you do that? By just reciting them a hundred times and hopefully they stick. But that just doesn't work because it's not interesting to your brain. And so there's lots and lots of ways and different techniques to memorize things better and to learn and understand things better. And the same goes for reading things faster and also retaining and understanding things that you read faster. So I try to optimize my learning and memory by following tips from guys like these, like Jim Quick and other folks that I follow as well. And because of that, I get more efficient in absorbing information and then I can absorb more, learn more. But then how do you practice it? So you learn all these new skills and you're kind of learning constantly because you're a lifelong learner. Mm -hmm. But then how do you actually practice the skills that you're learning? Because, you know, if you're learning a lot, how do you actually practice them, you know, properly? It depends on what I learn. Not everything is something that you do. Some things are just things that I know. For instance, I learn a lot about health and wellness as well, which can be something, some things that I do, as in I learn about rapamycin, which is a compound that may or may not extend uh, your life and might be good for you. And in some cases, it might not, actually. Uh, so when I learn about these things, I might come to the conclusion, well, I need to take this because it's good for me. For instance, I now take uh, Reservatol, which is a compound that can extend your life. And if it doesn't, no harm, no foul, because it also doesn't hurt me. So things like that, you know. I, so I don't have to actually do all the things that I learn. For instance, I learn lots of stuff about new technologies where I listen to uh, .NET Rocks, for instance. 
I learn about uh, UX design, which is super interesting. Doesn't mean that I'm gonna do UX design, but it is very good to know how people that do UX design think, right? And it just informs the rest of my tasks and skill sets. So if I'm kind of, put this in, putting this in summary, you are learning multiple things in one go. You're not kind of just kind of focusing on one thing at a time or are you, you know, are you learning kind of one thing at a time or do you like to learn multiple things in parallel? How does your brain work? Uh, well, that's very interesting. Yeah. So when I'm learning for work, I focus on one thing at a time and I learn it and then it's done and then I can do something with it. So I can use it in my project or I can teach it, for instance. And when I learn things outside of work, let's say, I learn all sorts of things all the time, all over the place. So I mix and match. I listen to audiobooks. I listen a lot to uh, podcasts. And that can mean that uh, in the morning when I cycle to the office, I learn something about uh, health and wellness. And uh, when I go for my walk in uh, the middle of the day, I might learn something about technology. And later on, I might learn something about music. Okay. So, you know, you are fully occupied, you know, every day, in you know being a learner but how do you balance you know how do you find the balance between time energy focusing and fun to be able to then you know keep engaged and actually want to kind of keep doing it because Mm. you know i can imagine the motivation you know can be sometimes difficult to find that's true yeah that's very true Uh, and that uh, wanes between uh, topics for instance i was learning a lot about technology for a couple of years and I was just bored with it at some point. So I thought, you know what? I've, I've listened to all this stuff. I'm done with it for a moment. And I just switched off, you know? I just stopped listening to podcasts for a bit. Uh, I just listened to music, for instance, or to nothing at all. Just for a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months to recharge. What I do now when I get bored with a topic, I just stop learning about it and I start learning about another topic. There's so much to learn, you know, it's such a big world. Plus, to me, learning is fun, which is a geeky thing maybe, (laughs) and it's weird because it's not to everybody, but I just, I geek out on stuff, you know? I learn something about finance, about investment, for instance, and I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I need to write it down and I'm going to do it later on. Or I'm learning something about wellness and health and I'm like, oh, man, that's just awesome. That's just so cool. It gets me very excited, the topics. So if you're not excited about stuff that you're learning, then you're not learning the right stuff. Okay. So this has been, you know, for the duration of the time I've known you, you've always been like this. It's one of the reasons that I find you such an interesting person. Oh. <laughs> yeah, don't get too ahead of yourself. <laughs> um, but, you know, have you always been like this? Have you always been kind of the motivated individual that you are now? Or has this only been something that has kind of come about since since I've known you? Has it been my has it been my input? <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, that's not. Uh, Darn no. it! No, I haven't always been like this. Definitely not. I was a terrible teenager. I was just horrible. I was just terrible in school. I just I was horrible. I hang out with the wrong crowd. I I couldn't learn anything. I was terrible. I I have learned. German for, I don't know, four or five years. And I don't know anything 
I can understand it kind of, but you know, the time I spent on German, I should be fluent at it, but I didn't because I just didn't want to learn it because it just didn't interest me back then. So throughout high school, I was just terrible. <laughs> I was absolutely horrible. I just, sorry, mom and dad, I was, I was horrible. And I'm sure my kids are going to repay me with that. <laughs> we'll see. But um, after that, when I went to, uh, well, you would say to university without the the, and it wasn't the university. Uh, when I went to get my bachelor degrees after that, then that was the time where I got serious because then I thought, you know what? I can, uh, I can be a, a repairman where I can, I don't know, repair refrigerators or something for the rest of my life, which was fun for me at the time, tinkering with all that stuff. But I did see that that was not uh, something that was going to pay very well and it was going to get boring very quickly. So I thought to myself, I can also buckle down and do something else, make something of myself, learn something about technology, software development, and then actually go into that field and have a lot more fun and make more money in the process. So did you always want to be a developer or work in software development? Or was it just something that you saw like, cha-ching, I can make some money? No, not really. You know, back in the day, there wasn't even uh, internet when I was uh, small. <laughs> remember that? How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> not much older than you. You remember this. Yes, I remember. I'm you know? old. And then we got internet. My, my mom and dad got a computer. And then we had a computer with a CD in it, which, which was awesome, revolutionary. And then we had the dial-up modem. Yep. And then we had Napster. Yep. Remember Napster? If you remember that, then you're pretty old. Which means... No, you're not. <laughs> and with Napster, you could download these uh, MP3s, which are still around. But it would just take half an hour or so, yep. which is horrible. You know, and then you'd always forget to plug the phone back in after you'd finish yeah, using the all internet. That stuff. Yep. Yeah, all that stuff. But back in the day, then I would play games like Command and Conquer and stuff on uh, the PC that we had, which was fun. And I just love to tinker with stuff. So I I love to find out what was in what what kind of files were in that game, what they were doing. So I would try and open them in Notepad, see what they were doing. I didn't understand what it was, I had no idea. But I was always interested in that stuff and always interested in how things worked. Also, when I was smaller, I was always interested in how electronics worked and how the radio worked. So I would just open one up, <laughs> which was not very much fun for my mom and dad, of course, because I couldn't actually uh, put it back together. Okay, so, you know, if, You've got developers listening to this and they are looking at their career path at the moment. They're seeing that they, you know, they do have pretty good knowledge of, of technology, but they're trying to work out what's next. And they're seeing you, they're seeing, you know, you've got a very, very successful career. You are, you know, an accredited uh, pluralsight author. You have got, um, you know, a lot of what we say in English, strings in your bow. You've got a lot of different talents and, and abilities of, you know, marketing yourself. How could they become the next Azure Barry? 
you know, how can as a, de- uh, don't start laughing. How can as a developer, you know, how can they kind of map their career forward? Because, you know, you started out, you know, you did your software development. You, you know, when I met you, you were a, a technical architect, a software architect, and you've kind of moved, you know, in different areas and roles. How did you plot that? Was that something that you had like a year plan for or a five-year mm-hmm. plan? Or did you kind of maybe kind of maybe fall into certain roles and, you know, you just made the best of it? Was there something that you can maybe give to developers for helping them about knowing where they're going to be moving in their career? Mm. Maybe uh, I'll start with where I actually started in software. So uh, when I was getting my bachelor's, which was kind of in software, but back in the day, there was no software development uh, degree, at least not here in the Netherlands or in the area where I lived. So it was kind of general. Um, What I did back then, because I did know about software development and I wanted to get into it, is I got myself certified, which means I would get uh, Microsoft certifications, the old school ones for software developments, for C-sharp, I I think they were called the MCPD once. I'm not sure anymore. It's it's such a long time ago. But I learned about software development myself. So I bought these big books, these big red Microsoft Press exam books. I think I still have them somewhere. I'm not sure, maybe in the attic or something. But I just bought these and, uh, and went through them, tried everything that was in there, and uh, learned it myself until I was out of school. And then um, uh, during school as well, I tried to practice by creating my first startup, which was called Luibrecht's IT Solutions, which is a terrible name. But back then, not every company had a website. So that was a, a, a gap there where I could help. So I would create these websites for companies Uh, That would just be, uh, hey, this is my company. Here are my uh, contact details and this is the address and stuff. So it's very simple, but at least it was a way for me to to use my development chops and practice them. Actually, back then, I also uh, created an application which was called uh, ORS, Online Reservation System. We've abandoned it. I did it with, with my friend, Charlie. We've abandoned it. Uh, which is such a shame because if you look now, everybody is doing online reservations. Oh man, if we would have just done it then, man, I would be the next uh, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But um, so from there, I started my first job and that was in a consultancy firm. And that was important to me because uh, as a consultant, I would travel all over the country and do lots of different jobs in a short amount of time. So I would go to client A for a month for as a developer, client B as a month on a, a data migration project and, and so on and so forth. So I would see lots of different things in a short amount of time. And that would also mean that I would have to be kind of a chameleon because, you know, these consultancy companies, they just sell you as whatever. Hey, here's our senior developer who is 22 years old. <laughs> one year of uh, of experience and he's going to save your company so, that works right <laughs> that works yeah well for the consultancy company it definitely works but uh, in that time i learned so so much and i progressed a lot i put a lot into my career back then i learned a lot 
I spent evenings also coding and learning. It's not good for you. You should really take a break at some point. And I noticed that at some point, at, after years and years of that lifestyle, I burnt out because it was just too much and it's just not fun, you know? And uh, that meant that I had to change things up. So, uh, so I did. Uh, and I also uh, became a freelancer. That was actually before that already. I became a freelancer because, you know, I was pretty good at this uh, consultancy thing and I could also sell myself, I thought. I don't need a consultancy firm for that that makes money off of it. I can do it myself, which I did for a while. I think actually for six years or so. And that worked out pretty well, but also meant that I was kind of doing the same thing. You know, I would just go to customers around the country and just sit there as their interim developer, as their interim employee, being a developer or architect or whatever they would need and uh, do the thing there. And then I thought, you know what? This is just, this is not gonna work for me. Because the thing is, I've always uh, disliked when people tell me what to do, which is still the case if you're a freelancer because you will always have a client or a company or somebody asking you, hey, do this for me, which is not a bad thing. You know, it just doesn't work for me. For me, it just doesn't work, which is just my dysfunction. <laughs> Well, not at all. If that's kind of how you work and how you process, then you know that's that's just how you how you live your life. That's just how you work. Yeah, um, but it does make like a bit difficult, doesn't it? Well, <laughs> as your wife, it's all about knowing how to how to work with you to be able to get the best results and activities. <laughs> Some may call it manipulation. I like to call it effective people management. Mm. Mm -hmm. So if we actually look at, um, you know, the people that are going to be listening to this, uh, to this episode, and thank you for sticking with us, whilst Barry has a multiple of monologues, um, one of the things that, um, that you're probably going to want to know is what do you consider to be the most valuable skill that a developer needs? So, you know, do they need to be the most technologically knowledgeable person? Do they need to have, I don't know, people skills? What would you consider to be the most sought after skill that a developer should have for them in their career? Hmm, that's a good question, but let's let's spark that because uh, I was just ranting a little bit and I didn't actually answer your previous question. The question that I asked you was around um, your career path as, a, as, you know, from being a developer into where you are now. And would you have any tips for developers that want to become the next Azure Barry? Right. And I would say, don't become the next Azure Barry. Nobody knows me. Just become your own person. But in any case... So the tips I would give you is learn, continuously learn, always. Don't per se change a, a typical career path where you become the senior developer, the architect and all that stuff. Do what, what feels right for you. If you want to stay in technology, please stay in technology. Do not promote out of technology into a development manager role or be a non-coding architect, which is a thing, by the way. Uh, and can be a, a valuable thing. I've been that once, but it's not much fun. It's a lot of politics. So learn, do what feels best for you, um, and try to focus your energy on technologies that matter, that matter in your field, and that feel right for you. So 
the technology space nowadays is extremely large. Back in the day, it was small. You had web, you have had desktop. Uh, you didn't even have mobile. So you just chose, am I a web or a desktop guy? And you just focus on whatever is there. Nowadays, everything is connected and you have this big cloud thing. And there is a million technologies that you can use to make anything. Like if you make a web application, you do it with Angular, ASP.NET Core. You use the cloud as your backend when you have an Azure SQL database or Cosmos or Mongo or whatever. Maybe you have a service bus somewhere. Uh, you would use JavaScript as well. There's all sorts of stuff going on. So what do you focus on? I think you should focus on where your passion is in that space. So if it is the cloud, then focus on the cloud and, and focus on limited parts of the cloud as well. For instance, I focus on the cloud, on Microsoft Azure in this case, and that's a huge space as well. So I try to focus on a slightly smaller space, which is Azure for developers, which is still huge, but you can also divide that up into, I'm gonna just focus on container services or app services or on the cognitive services, which are AI-based uh, services or machine learning or something like that. So try to focus it down to just a couple of things that you can use for the workload that you're passionate about. And with workload, I mean web, desktop or mobile and just work on that for a while. and. If you know everything about that, then it's fine to move on, but don't just go willy-nilly all over the place and try to learn everything because that's absolutely impossible and you'll be mediocre in a lot of things. And that's not a good thing. So the other question that you just uh, asked was what technology or thing should developers focus on right now, right? So what I'm actually asking is, you know, for developers that are listening right now, what is a skill that they should be investing their time in? So is there any specific, you know, is it people skills? Is it a specific mm. uh, technology? Mm. You know, where should developers be investing their time right now? Oh, interesting. So uh, in learning, definitely learning how to learn because technologies come and go. Today we have Blazor. It's brand new, but it will go. There will be something new, you know, in 10 years, nobody knows what it is anymore. There might be something completely different. We might all be programming against uh, the, the neural link from uh, Elon Musk. Who knows what's going, what's coming? So you need to be able to learn new things. That should be your critical skill. So learn how to learn and also learn how to communicate. Because if you are uh, just a coder, and I don't want to say just a coder because people that program are awesome. You know, you can make magic happen by typing text into a screen and then something happens. It's incredible. But um, if that's your only skill, then you might be automated away at some point. You know, today we have low code solutions that uh, business folks can just uh, drag and drop some uh, things on the screen and then you have a simple application. It will be your job in the future to be able to communicate with other people and make different applications and services work together. I think the, the future role of a developer will be more of the role of a system integrator. You'll be integrating different APIs and systems and services and infrastructure together into one big solution that does something that provides value for your customer and not just code plumbing that has been made for a million times already. So 
learn how to learn and learn how to communicate well with other people. That means learn how to read, learn how to write, but also learn how to listen well, because that's very important. We don't actually learn that in school, how to listen, but it's a very difficult skill, you know? Often when you're talking to somebody, you're hearing them, you're hearing their words, but you're not actually listening because you are just thinking about what you're gonna say next. If you learn how to be in the moment and actually listen to what the other person is saying, actually connect to the other person with empathy, then you understand them a lot better. So learn how to learn and learn how to communicate. That's very good. Now that's all we've got time for today. So thank you very much for taking the time to ask these questions. And can I assume that people can also contact you if they have any more questions that they want you to answer? Of course, yes. Please uh, send in questions. You can do that uh, on Twitter, but also uh, at uh, barry at developerweeklypodcast.com. And about all these topics, especially about uh, software development and career, you know, I've written a book about this, which is called 200 Things Developers Should Know. And this is all about this type of stuff. You know, 200 Things uh, covers things about freelancing, things about career, things about programming, things about communication, all that type of stuff. So uh, for answers to all of these questions, at least for my opinion on all of these questions, you can read my book, which is out now on uh, uh, paperback, on Kindle, and also as an audiobook. And where can they get that? Is that available on Amazon? That's definitely available on Amazon. And you can find a link to that on developerweeklypodcast.com. Okay, thanks very much. And that's it for this week. And please join us next week for another episode of Developer Weekly. This episode is brought to you by me. If you like this show and you want to support it, please visit my courses on Pluralsight and buy my new book, 200 Things Developers Should Know, which is about programming, career, troubleshooting, dealing with managers, health, and much more. You can find my Pluralsight courses and the book over at www.developerweeklypodcast.com slash about. That is www.developerweeklypodcast.com slash about.